0: Hey, welcome back to Authentic Beauty. This is Danielle, and today I'm going to be talking about your circle. There's a lot of messages out there about your circle, the people in your squad, squad goals, relationship goals, things like that. And I just want to make sure that I touch on this at some point because. Who you have around you is so important. It's so vital. It's so crucial. Like it is everything. The people around you are kind of like the vehicle that helps you to get from point A to point B. It helps you to go to the next level. It helps you to properly um, get to different places. And You know, it's like I knew this, but like seeing this manifest in my life has been so life-changing for me that I just really want to make sure that we all understand how important it is to have the right people around you in like every season of life. Um, And this is important for me because being more of an introvert, I don't need a lot of people around me. Of course, I'm, well, I'm more of like an ambivert, but like lean more towards the introverted side. And so I don't need a lot of people around me at all times. I'm cool. Like, you know, I do need socialization. I'm human, but I, sometimes if it's too much, it's just overload. I need some time to retreat and to just hear my own thoughts again, because sometimes it just be too much and I'd be feeling drained. And If you can relate to that, then you may have had a season like me where I didn't really have no friends. Like (laughs) um, a couple years back when God was really like delivering me from a lot of things, Um, It was like a season of deliverance. Like I just thought it was never going to end. I was starting to get to the point where I was like miserable. Like, oh my God, there are so many things wrong with me. This season is so hard. I had to sacrifice so much. It was like a very extreme season. Like when you go through like a real deliverance season, like I remember I had hardly any furniture because God was telling me to get rid of some things. I was getting rid of clothes, I was getting rid of people, like, I, it was just a purge, and I just remember sitting in the living room of my apartment, and I just felt not alone in the sense that I was by myself, because I never felt closer to God than in that season, but it was just like, man, like, I would really like some accountability right now, because I was just it was just a lot of fasting. It was a lot of prayer. It was a lot of me being going to bed late, me waking up early, just nose in the Bible. And it was just, yes, a very extreme, extreme season. And I did not have a lot of people around me during that time. And I remember When I was entering into that season, not even knowing that that's where I was headed, but I just knew that God was telling me to start to get rid of some things. Like, one of the first things that um, God had me to remove was secular music. And I love, love, love music. Like, I was kind of sad that I had to let that go. And... I was only supposed to listen to gospel music in that season. And even now, even though I feel like um, I've kind of moved past that season and I don't find it to be where like I was like, if I heard it, like I would like have to leave because I knew that God wanted my ears to be like completely, completely pure in that season. And you know, he's taken the desire away, like, I don't even want to listen to the music that's out today, because, like, my whole appetite for music has changed, and it's like, you know, I might listen to, like, if an old song that's not, like, you know, explicit, or, like, is promoting sin, like, it's just a regular song that's just not about the love of God, you know, comes on, you know, it's it's cool, but, I don't really go out seeking that music like I used to. I just think it's so crazy because I used to spend so much time looking for music, listening to music, dancing to music, trying to find, like, the latest new and -and up-and-coming artists. Like, people would come to me for, like, music, um, like, for, like, different music that they should put on their playlist for this, that, and the other. So I just think it's so funny how, like, that has completely changed. Like, I'm like, who is this? Like, I don't even know who these people are anymore. It's just funny. But anyway, so secular music was one of the first things that God had me to remove. The second thing, he's like, you got to get rid of them friends. And I was like, no, (laughs) I really didn't want to do it. Because for one, it's kind of awkward. Like, how do you not be friends with somebody anymore? Like, they didn't really do anything. And it's like, how do you get rid of them but how do you kind of bag back a little bit without it being like a whole thing like you know what god and i we had this conversation and he said that you're not good for me he said that you're toxic and you gotta go and it's like no i don't i don't really want to have that kind of conversation it's weird um so you know, God just had me to kind of do just different things. He said, just be honest. Like, you know, just do you. Like, you're not going to be going out to the club. You're not going to be getting drunk. You're not going to be doing this. You're not going to be doing that. So as I began, as I began to stop doing those things, um, you know, they'd be, they eventually just fell off and they stopped inviting me places and things like that. But, um, so, The friends, they were gone. And I knew that I had to get rid of friends because I started praying to have better people in my life. I was like, God, I feel like the people who are in my life, they're not going where I'm going. You know, I used to hear, um, I think it was TD Jakes. I used to hear him say this, like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to be in a new room. And not to kind of you know, be prideful or to puff myself up or toot my own horn or whatever. But it's just like I always felt more mature, more you know, wiser than my friends and it was like they were always coming to me for advice, but if I was going through something I could never turn to them and ask them, even though I would, they wouldn't you could just tell when you're getting bad advice or it's just not what you needed to hear. So eventually I just stopped asking them. And I would find it funny that the things that they were coming to me with were things that I used to do, that I would have dealt with like two and three years ago. I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember what that used to happen to me when, you know, about three years ago. And it's like, okay, I remember when that became like revelation for me. I'm like, okay, if you have been through something two to three years prior than when they're going through it, that's letting you know that. You need to have a different circle. You need to have different people around you who are kind of dealing with different things, who are experiencing life in the same kind of rhythm as you are. You don't have to be going through the same thing at the same time, but people who kind of understand your thought process, they understand your mind, they understand where you are, and they're kind of in the same boat as you. And so I began to pray for those people in my life. Like, Lord God, I know that there's got to be some people who are my age. You know, I know I'm mature for my age. But there's got to be some people, even if they're not my age, but some people who I can do life with. And that is when the deliverance process started to kick in full gear. The people that I was praying for, God was preparing me for them. I didn't realize... Because Like what a friend truly is, and what being a friend truly entails. When you're like a friend, like a true friend, like really, it sticks closer than a brother. You know. God says that we're His friends. That you know that we that He that we show love by you know doing His commandments. And. Doing his commandments requires us to be submitted and obedient to him. He called Abraham his friend because he was submitted to him, completely submitted. And so a friend is not just somebody that you can hang out with on Friday night. Like I used to think that that's what friends were. We just hang out. There were some people that I called my best friend and they didn't know some of the deepest, darkest seasons of my life. They didn't know what I had experienced. They didn't know my past. They didn't know my family situations. They didn't know things about me that, you know, uh, that a friend should know. And so I had to let God redefine to me what a friend is. I had to understand that a friend is going to say some things that I don't want to hear. But they're telling me what I need to hear. I had to get to the point where I would allow that kind of accountability in my life like that. Where that person loved God more than they loved me. And it's like, okay, God is telling me that you need to do this and, you know, or I can see that you're heading down the wrong path. So I'm going to tell you because I love you enough to tell you that you need to change this and be stern about it and not sugarcoat things. And so once I began to really change my perspective about it, it was about a few years before like I really started to see like a true friends and true sisterhoods in Christ Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, if you're in that season where you are waiting for people to do life with, you're waiting for godly friends, you're waiting for sisters and brothers in Christ who love you and who are there for you, who can encourage you, who can bless you, who you can do life with, they are on the way, but God has to truly prepare your heart for them. Because... Sometimes we have this thing in our minds where we want people to be mind readers. We want people to just to break down all our barriers so that they can come and rescue us. And when we want people to be saviors, God's not going to allow that because he's there's only one savior. That's Jesus. He's the only one who fits that bill in our lives. So we can't expect people to break down walls. It's not their job to do that. It's your job to break down your own walls, your own hesitations, your own limitations that's keeping you blocked from people so that the right people can truly come in. The Bible says to guard your heart, doesn't say to build up walls around it. And sometimes, and I had trouble with this myself, it it can be hard to... you to be open. It can be hard for you to be transparent and vulnerable because you feel like the last time you were like that, somebody mishandled your heart. But the thing is, when we put God as our guard, we ask the Holy Spirit to be the guard for our hearts. He can check to make sure that that person can come in. It's just like a security guard, if you will. That person stands on the outside. They make sure that whoever's coming in is not going to pose a threat to the people who are on the inside. People who are inside a building that is secured, that has security, they're not worried about who's coming in and who's going out. They're doing what they're in there to do. They're not worried about that because they know that it's being taken care of. They know that they're being covered. They know that they're being protected because there are people who are trained who can do the job that they trust. Think about that for a second. Like, let God be the one Who's in charge of your heart? Trust God with your heart. He's not going to let you down. (laughs) He won't do it. So, yeah, just really think about and pray about and wait for the right people in your life. God knows where you need to go. The Bible also says that iron sharpens iron. When iron is being sharpened, there is that momentum that friction that happens when the two are being rubbed together and that friction is uncomfortable but that friction makes that iron sharper than it was before so i learned from just the people who are in who are like in my circle now That there are some similarities between us, but there are also some heavy differences. There is one particular person that I can think of, a brother in Christ that I have. He is the complete opposite of me. Complete in every sense of the word. If I had met him a few years ago, I would hate his guts. Because everything I like, he hates. Everything he hates, I like. You know, personality-wise, we're different. Interest-wise, we're different. There's like a few, few, few similarities. But he is one of the closest people that I have in my life now because he challenges me. And I challenge him because we are so different. We have different views and thoughts and opinions about things. And we hardly ever... (laughs) Agree, but at the end we do, and we know that we've come up with like the best solution for certain things because we have thought this thing through. I've thought about it from this point of view, and he's thought about it from his. And so I understand that it takes time, and you have to be prepared for the people, even just the friends that God has for you because your circle is so important. There's a quote that says that you are the average of the five people who are closest to you or something along those lines. And that part is so true. You begin to pick up personality traits from the people who are the closest to you. I used to think there was this one uh, particular friend that I had in high school and I used to think that I could hang out with her and be completely disassociated with her. She was she was a toxic friend. She was kind of mean. She wasn't exactly mean to me, but she was just so nasty to some people. And I thought that, you know, I'm like really nice and I'm nice to people. And, people began to think that I was also mean and I couldn't understand because it's like I, I've I never been mean to anybody but it's because I was associated with her that maybe I picked up some of her facial expressions or some of her, you know snarky remarks and things like that and people will put the two of you together so if you're a certain way there's no way that the two of you can get along unless you're also that way, so I used to think that I could be the nice one, like, okay, yeah, I like, you know, I don't really like this girl, but Danielle, yeah, she's, she's great, like, no, it it didn't work like that, I don't like her, and because she's associated with her, I don't like her either, and so, it's just really important, because it speaks to your reputation, it speaks to how people perceive you, just based on the people that you're connected to, And also, you want to be connected to some people who are also well-connected to some other great people so that your circle can continue to grow and that you can continue to have just a beautiful reach of different kinds of people with different experiences, people who just love God, who are after God, who want to serve God with you. It's just, it's so, so, so important. And... I just remember just some of the friends that I had and how we were friends because we had similar insecurities. We had similar, you know, stories that we were dealing with. Like, for example, there was a friend that I had and we both were feeling very rejected. So we used to go out doing rejected girl things together. And it's like once I got healed, that that spiritual connection... Because it's honestly just the spirit behind it. I was no longer in agreement with it. So that, that spirit that was on her, that was agreeing with what was on me, couldn't stay. It didn't last. And so you want to have a friendship that's built on God. That's built on the love of God. And not built on insecurities or things that are not even supposed to be attached to you in the first place. You got to have the right circle. You got to have the right people. And until God brings those people, like, don't, don't hold on to people just so you won't be alone. There could be, God may want you to very well be alone for a season so that you can begin to have him as your best friend. So that he can be the foundation of your circle. You A lot of times, you know, God requires you to let go of certain things so that you can make room for other things. There Very seldom have I seen it where you're able to hold on to something that um, while you're waiting for God to give you better so that you can then let go of it. And I think it speaks to faith. By God requiring you to let go of something so that you can be without for a season, and so that you could have something better in the end, this reminds me of that um meme that was going around that was pretty popular for a while of this image of Jesus and this little girl who was holding the teddy bear. And God is asking her, he has his hand out, Jesus has his hand out, asking her to give him the teddy bear. And behind his back, he has an even bigger teddy bear that he is prepared to give to her. But first, he needs her to give him the uh, the little teddy bear that she's holding on to. And there's this little bubble above her head where she's saying like, but I wanted Jesus or something to that effect that like she doesn't want to give him the bear and she's crying you know she's sad that she has to give it up not knowing that he has something greater behind her back and that just that picture just like oh, that always speaks to me every time that I see it because it's like wow like we have no idea what God has behind our backs and behind his back. So, it's always going to be worth it to give him whatever he's asking of us because there's always something greater on the other side of it. But what that picture um you don't get to see is the in-between time. What is the time frame in between when she does when she finally does give Jesus that teddy bear? And when God pulls the other bear behind his back, sometimes it's not always instant. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Who knows? You may quit your job today, you know, and you got another job tomorrow. But who knows? You might be out of a job for a year. You might be out for three months. You might be out for six months. You don't know. It depends on what you do during that in-between time that will determine When God can give you that bigger teddy bear. You have to be prepared. Your heart has to be prepared. You have to have the right perspective. You have to have the faith. Your faith has to be tried and tested. So when you're going through, you're waiting for friends. You're waiting for that relationship. The same thing applies for even waiting for a godly relationship. It's like you got to give up all prospects the guy that you're not really interested in but you know whatever he's he's kind of nice to talk to every now and then or you know the guy at work who kind of flirts with you and you don't really like him like that or whatever but you know it just feels good to you know be wanted and there is a season when you give all that stuff up and there are zero prospects and God hides you so good that nobody sees you. Nobody's flirted at you. Nobody's winked at you. Nobody's cat called you. Nobody's done anything that even gives a glimpse of attractiveness towards you. And you feel like, oh my God! You look in the mirror like, is there something on my face? Is something wrong with me? Did I, you know, you sniff your armpits? <laughs> like, did I forget to shower? Is something going on? And it's like, no, you're just hidden. What do you do during that hidden season? Do you go out and get a new wig? Do you go out and buy some new clothes? Some shorter and tighter clothes? Do you come out from beneath the cover that God has you so that you could be noticed? Or do you just sit there and say, you know what, God? I may be waiting on this, but you know what? I'm going to look to you As everything that I need in this season. You are the one that I love more than anything or more than any person. You are the one that I want more than anything. Let me focus on being your bride than being somebody else's bride. Let me be intimate with you. Let me pray. Let me worship. Let me get closer to your presence, closer to your throne. Let me serve you as best as I can in this season. Let me do everything that you need me to do in this season prepare my heart for this father god but prepare my heart for you allow me to be everything that you need me to be let me love you father god greater and stronger help me to do that in this season not saying lord god when is it gonna happen what can i do to speed up the process what do you need me to do like no let him prepare you what they usually When the waiting season is long, it's because you haven't fully began to recognize God as that thing that you feel like you're missing. So like, let's say it's a job that you're waiting for. Maybe the time in between when you lost your job or whatever to the time that you're waiting for a new job, maybe you haven't recognized God as your provider. Maybe you're still concerned that he's going to leave you in the middle of the street. And so until you begin to recognize God as your source, as your provider, as your father, then until you get that, he's going to continue to put pressure on that so that you can understand that he's all that you need. If you're waiting on friends, I believe it's the same thing. I feel like you have not fully recognized and said it within your heart that God is your best friend, that God's there for you, that God wants to talk to you every single day. He wants to have a relationship with you, He wants to have a deep connection with you, He wants to grow, He wants you to grow in Him. Same is true for a relationship. I don't think you, whatever it is about, being in a relationship or about being married that you have a void in is where you need more of God. So if you feel like you just need some companionship, you need to spend more time with God. You don't spend enough time with God because we should never feel lonely when we have God. Yes, we do need socialization. Yes, we do need people around, but you haven't recognized God as like your greatest companion. You know, if it's, you know, just so that you don't have to go to the movies alone. You haven't learned how to date yourself. You haven't learned how to date God. You don't love yourself enough to take you out to the fancy restaurants. You don't love yourself enough to take yourself to the movies. You feel like it's awkward. Why do you feel like it's awkward? Why do you feel like you're ashamed to be by yourself? You shouldn't feel ashamed to be by yourself. You should love yourself enough to say, you know what? I deserve a little treat today. I'm going to take myself out. I'm going to spend time with me because I need some much needed me time to hear my own thoughts, to do some self-care and some self-love. These are the things that we need to do. So I just want to encourage you to look around who is in your circle The people who are in your circle are supposed to help you grow. They're supposed to help you realize and move towards God. They're supposed to push you closer to God and closer to the things that he's called you to do. They're supposed to challenge you. They're supposed to help to grow you. They're supposed to hold you accountable. They are supposed to help you be everything that God has called you to be. God should be in the middle of that thing. You should have conversations about God with them. If you're not, God's not in that relationship and God needs to be in it. So that is my encouragement for today. I hope that this message blessed you. Your circle is super important. Make sure you have the right people around you at the right time because they are going to be the ones to help you to get to where you need to go. We can't do life by, on our own. I used to think that I could. I used to pride myself in being able to do that. If Man, if I could, I would have done it. But having those people have really helped me to grow and to be where God needs me to be. So I hope that you do the same. I hope this message blessed you and I'll see you in the next one.